Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Michelle Foray and Bridget Spackman, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. We all make mistakes, even Bridget and I. And in today's episode, we are going to share two of our biggest back-to-school mistakes. These are mistakes we have made in the past, but thankfully we have learned from them, and we're going to help you avoid making those same mistakes. But first, let's hear a TSH from Megan. Megan says, my current hurdle is trying to do all the things. Girl, I feel you. I am thinking about and preparing for both distance and in-person teaching, getting ready to move, creating products for TBT and Instagram, all while trying to have a life with my family that I love. We totally understand where you're coming from. I feel like as teachers, as women, again, I feel like we try to do all the things. You know, I kind of think of being like a super mom. And it's just like you want to say that, yep, I can add this to my plate and I can add this to my plate. But I feel like as as soon as we start adding so much, it's like overflowing and you can't even like walk to your table without dropping food all over the floor. So we totally understand. And I think what we have for you today, Megan, in this episode is really going to help you kind of add some clarity um, and maybe some simplicity back into your life. Yeah, a reminder I always have to give myself is the acronym KISS, so K-I-S-S, which stands for Keep It Simple Stupid, or as one of my old elementary school teachers used to say, Keep It Simple Silly. So if you want to use this with your kids, probably a better option, but this is going to be the theme of today's episode, keeping it simple. Both of the mistakes that we are going to share with you involve us just doing too much, and I think we have all felt, at least from time to time, that teaching can kind of become a competition instead of a collaboration. It isn't on purpose. The reality is, as teachers, we all want to be the best we can be. And so we feel this need to compete. And you're going to see that within our mistakes. But we're going to really talk about how to overcome that and focus on collaboration instead of competition. So mistake number one, let's jump right into it, guys, is following trends we see on social media or kind of this idea of just keeping up with the Joneses. Now, I mean, I feel like social media has its blessings, okay? So let's just chat about social media as blessings because I don't want this to be an episode where I feel like we're just like bashing everything. That's not the intention here at all. But social media does have its benefits. Let's be honest. One, it really helps us to grow new ideas. I know for me personally, when you've been teaching for a really long time and you're kind of in your classroom doing your thing the way that you've always done it, you start to get into this routine, but you it also starts to feel like, a rut. And so having social media as a way to be able to gain new ideas is really, really beneficial um, just so that you don't get that feeling of you're in a rut. It also really helps you with motivation. So you might see something on social media and it really kind of energizes you. It gets you excited about going back into the classroom and trying this new thing out. Um, And it also really allows you to make connections. I mean, let's just be honest. Michelle and I would have never met one another if it wasn't for social media. So many of you, we would not have known you or gotten to speak with you either online or in person if it wasn't for social media. And now during a time 
where we are at this moment with just COVID and having to go through the entire shutdown, technology was a real help in maintaining those connections and being able to develop them even further. So social media definitely has its positives, but it also has negatives. And one of the negatives is that you really kind of feel the pressure to do what everybody else is doing. It's like that feeling of like you're just sitting there and you're scrolling and you see all of these amazing, amazing educators out there. And you're like, man, I'm not doing this. I don't have this in my classroom. My room doesn't look like that or my teaching doesn't look like that. And, you know, I don't feel like I'm doing it this way. And it just feels as though we just are like, okay, well, now I need to go out and do it. So you get it the next day and you're trying to do all of the things with it. But you also really start to feel inferior inferior as a result of it. You start to get really down on yourself and, and making yourself think, man, I'm just, I'm not doing the way that everybody else is doing it. So therefore I'm not a good teacher. And let's just be very honest. Sometimes social media can also distract you from your true purpose. We see, again, all these amazing teachers doing really great things. And some teachers are real, like they have the creative gene and their creativity like outshines so many others. And not to say that we are not all creative. I think we have, it's like a continuum, right? Of creativity. And some of us are very, very creative and others we just, we have the creativity gene and I'm putting myself in this, but I don't have it all. So seeing some of what these other teachers are doing out there um, just kind of makes you think, all right, I'm not doing it that way, but then I need to start doing it that way. And now I'm getting away from really identifying, I need to make things cute versus making things meaningful for my students. So I think social media definitely has its positives, but it also has its negatives. So we really just kind of have to be aware of that as a community. And even though we're bringing this up now, this is something that has been going on for a long time. It's not something that's new, but I feel like we sense these pressures a lot more during back to school time. We're seeing the really cute classroom decor pictures and we're seeing all of these new ideas that teachers are trying out that year. And that can become distracting because a lot of us are focusing on those things and we don't even know what we're doing the first week. Like we haven't planned out our first week of lessons. And personally, I think that's a lot more important than having our classroom look cute or trying out this new idea. So this year, especially, we are feeling these pressures to try out all these new things, and it's really distracting us from what we should be focusing on. I know personally on social media, I have seen all of these pictures of these student barriers slash shields, basically little things to kind of divide up desks. And I personally haven't felt any pressure with those because I know my students are going to be at home. But I can imagine for teachers who are in person, they're like, oh, well, I have to try that idea and I have to try this idea. And On the other spectrum, with me being virtual, I've seen teachers creating these virtual classrooms and these Bitmoji classrooms, and I have felt pressure with that. I haven't created one yet, but I definitely feel like, oh, well, should I be doing this? And is that a a valuable way to spend my time? The reality is we don't really know what's happening this year. Things are changing constantly, like daily 
(laughs) And we don't want to waste all of our time and money to only have things change later. So even though it is a great way to get ideas, we have to really be honest with ourselves and decide what is the most valuable way to be spending our time and our money. You know, Michelle, I'm glad that you mentioned that it is things are really changing. I was at school the other day and I was having a conversation with my principal and he said, you know, there are times like he's like things are changing by the minute. It's like we say one thing and then all of a sudden somebody walks in and they automatically change it all on you and your plans that you've just created are now totally, you know, washed out from under the rug or however the saying goes. I'm not sure if that's right. That's probably not right, but that's fine. Um, But we have to really know and identify that things are changing and we have to be very flexible with that. And I think when things change so much, we start to feel really, really stressed. And so when we feel stressed, we have to really focus on what's important. We have to ask ourselves the question, all right, what is important and what is the meaning of this? So this year, for me, being in person with my kids right now, as of right as this recording is going, Being in person, the mental health and the safety of my students comes first. That is what I'm going to worry about more than anything else. I can make sure that I'm establishing this really safe environment for my kids without having to do all of the extra stuff. And I'll be honest, like like you mentioned, I've seen the, the little barriers that people are kind of creating for their kids I don't want to put in the money for that. What's what am I going to do with that whenever it's done? So it isn't about like the materials that I'm going to end up making at the end of the day. It's more about the relationships that I'm going to be building with my students when they walk in that door. I may not be able to high five them or hug them, but by golly, George, I'm going to do my very, very best to make them smile underneath that mask. I'm going to try to hopefully make them laugh. And we're hopefully going to build a relationship and a community just like we would do any other year. So we have to really stop looking at what everybody else is doing and just recognize I need to look at what's more meaningful. And when I start to kind of get myself caught up and start seeing things on Instagram, because I'll be honest, I do the same thing. I see it all on Instagram and I'm like, I need to do this. We just have to stop ourselves. Just say stop. So we've identified that following these trends and trying to keep up with the Joneses is a mistake. So now let's talk about, okay, what do we do instead? Let's go back to that acronym of KISS, Keep It Simple Stupid. That really means starting with the bare minimums, starting with those things that you need to have. Now, in Bridget's case, because she is going to be in person with her students, one thing she should spend her time doing is making sure there is supplies at every student's desk because she knows that they can't share materials. She may not have barriers, but she's going to ensure that every student is only touching their own supplies because that's really putting the safety of her students first. Let's be real. We don't know if the beer, if the Let's be real. We don't know if the barriers are actually effective or if they're approved for use. Like those are questions we don't have the answer to. But one thing we do know that will help is having students only using their own materials. For me, because I'm going to be virtual, one thing I've been spending time doing is creating a class website. Because I know that parents need to have all the information in one place and I need to make their life easier because this year is going to be very stressful for them. I'm not creating a cute little virtual classroom, but I am making sure that all the information, parents and families and students, all of them 
all that information is going to be in one place. Another thing you can do is just stay off social media if needed, all right? If you're not feeling the pressure quite that much, great. Go on social media, like some posts on Instagram, share some things on Facebook. But if it's causing you stress and not doing what everyone else is doing is making you feel inferior, just stay off of social media. Delete the app from your phone, take a break for a week, a month, however long, and step away so that you can really redefine your purpose and your reasoning behind what you're doing. And we have to remind ourselves that it's so much easier to add things on than to take things away. When we try to start doing all of the things and we have all of the things, when we start taking those things away because it becomes too much, it's too overwhelming, we almost kind of feel like it's a stab in the gut, right? It's like that feeling of, man, I I didn't do this. Like I wasn't able to like do what I set out to do. And it really just kind of hurts you, um, productivity, emotionally, everything. But the same thing goes for our kids. So if we try to have all of the things for them, it's the same thing. Like we, we're we kind of doing a stab in the gut of saying, you know, now we can't do this because we did, weren't able to like su- successfully do it. So now I have to take it away. So it's easier to add things on because you start to feel as though you're being successful in something and you're able to add another thing to your plate versus trying to do them all in one, one shot. Another thing is that, we have to also remember best teaching practices are not always cute. Best teaching practices are the things that I feel like I've been doing for years and years and years. You know, turns and talks and, you know, having kids standing up, making eye contact, things that are very simple and easy. Um, those are just good teaching practices. And we don't always have to make things so cute. I don't think kids really remember when things are cute. I think they remember the relationships and the conversations that they have with teachers instead of of like, oh, my teacher like perfectly cut that thing out and it looked really, really beautiful. They don't notice that. And keep in mind, your teaching ability is not determined by following all of these trends or keeping up with the Joneses. Creating barriers for your students or creating a virtual classroom does not make you an effective teacher. Now, that's not to say you can't be an effective teacher and also do those things. Absolutely, you can. But just creating the barriers and creating a virtual classroom and making this cute sign and using GIFs in your presentation, that does not make you an effective teacher. So if you choose not to do those things, it has nothing to do with your teaching ability. You can still be a phenomenal teacher and you can follow those best teaching practices without doing those things. Now, you can also be an effective teacher and follow best teaching practices and do those things. Like we're not telling you not to do the things, but if doing those things is causing you stress and it's making you feel inferior and it's making you feel like you're not doing enough, keep in mind that you can still be a phenomenal teacher without doing those things. Like Bridget said, it isn't about the materials. It's about the relationships. And when we say materials, we don't just mean physical things. It can be virtual things too. Those are not as important as the relationships you are developing with your students, especially this year, because those relationships are the most powerful thing in your classroom. Let's move on to mistake number two. Mistake number two is putting too much on our plates. 
So an example of this would be that you are volunteering for activities at school. All right. I know that Michelle has definitely done a lot of these and she has always been so, so big with volunteering. And I know that there were times um, this was prior to the school that I've been at. I think I kind of learned my lesson a couple of years ago, but I tried to do all of the, the volunteering at school. I was adding too many things onto my plate because I felt as though I should be able to do all of things. I felt like I'm a good teacher. I'm a good wife. I'm a good mom. I should be able to take more things on because I have everything under control. When in reality, I didn't really have everything under control at all. Everything was like slowly starting to unravel. It's like that little like string that's coming out on your sweater and you start to kind of pull at it and it slowly starts to kind of unravel it. Like that's the feeling that was happening. So volunteering for activities is an example of this. Trying all the new things that you see on social media. We just mentioned this a little bit ago, but as we start to see and we're seeing what other teachers are doing, we're wanting to try all of these things. Um, I remember I had a teacher... Um, a partner teacher my very first year. And I felt like she would do this very much. She would kind of see something on social media and she would purchase it on TPT. And then I would see her like laminating and cutting all the things. And it was like all every year, there were so many different things. I never saw this lady without her laminating machine on and her cutting something like she was always doing something. But it was that pressure, that feeling of I need to constantly be doing something to be classified as a good teacher. And another example of this is trying to grow in multiple areas at once. Um, I have said this from the very beginning. There is no way that you can become a master of all subject areas or anything that you're trying to grow in. Um, You really have to kind of focus on that one thing and be able to grow that. And then you can start to expand your categories as you go on in life. When we try to grow in all the areas, like let's say I'm going to, I'm going to be a really good science teacher this year. And then I'm going to learn all about math. I already feel like I'm a good reading teacher. So now I need to get really good at everything else. There's no way I would be killing myself trying to do all the research and go into all of the good teachers teaching practices. So all of these are examples of just putting too much on our plates, um, feeling as though that we should be able to do it. But in reality, it's not really true. I'm going to share an analogy with you all. I shared this with Bridget on our walk the other day, and I'm going to try to explain it the best I can because I just have this mental image in my head. So I'm going to try to explain it. I feel like this whole putting things on our plates happens most often at the beginning of the school year. And I have a theory as to why. So (laughs) if you think about, let's say the end of one school year, think about it as a dinner plate. You have your main course, which typically takes up the most of your plate. And that would be your role as a teacher and kind of what you're doing as a teacher, like just your contract you know, require things you have to do as a teacher. That's your main course. Then you have your side dishes. Those side dishes might be volunteering for activities or trying those new things you see on social media or PD, or it might be responsibilities you have at home. Maybe you're trying to run your own business, take care of kids. Like those are all your side dishes. You just kind of fit them in whatever space is left on your plate around that main course. Now, when summer comes along, 
your main course is no longer on your plate. You've eaten it, it's gone, it's in your belly and it's digesting. That then opens up more room for side dishes. So you can start adding to your plate, right? Like you can now try out some of those new ideas you've seen on social media, or you can sign up for some PD courses. You might start grad school. You might start a new business. You might start volunteering for something. You fill in that void of space with more side dishes. Well, then all of a sudden back to school comes and you now have to put a main course back on your plate, but you've kind of filled up that space with side dishes. So it's almost like you're pushing your corn and your macaroni and cheese and your broccoli off to the corners of your plate so you can fit that big piece of chicken or that meatloaf onto your plate, which is your job as a teacher, and your side dishes are like falling off. So now you're like trying to eat your side dishes as fast as possible while also using your fork to kind of create a barrier so they don't fall off your plate. And that's what causes that overwhelm because you feel like, oh my gosh, I don't have enough room on my plate. When the reality is you had room kind of become available when you were no longer teaching. And now that you're teaching again, you have filled up that space so much that you feel like you can't fit teaching on. And so the whole point of this is just the fact that, look, we all do it. And even though we're not doing it on purpose, sometimes we feel competitive. We see someone else's plate and we're like, oh, Johnny over there thinks he's going to eat three pieces of meatloaf and four side dishes. I'm going to eat four pieces of meatloaf and five side dishes. Like we feel this competition and it's like, well, if they can do it, then I can do it. And we don't do it on purpose. It's just, we want to feel like we're doing the most we can for our kids, for our students, for our families, for all these people in our lives. And I think this year we have these feelings stronger than ever before. And it's because we don't have that that consistency in our lives. You know, we have the thing that kind of grounds us, that keeps us where we are because it was the thing that we know that we are really really good at. Like going to school, teaching to kids in person the normal way, not the current way, but the normal way. Like that was what kind of grounded us. And so we had that. We were solid in that. And so we were constantly trying to add other things that were more creative, more fun, um that just enhanced and enriched our our, our teaching. But now it's like, we have nothing. We have nothing that is the thing that's grounding us. And so now we're starting to feel so much more overwhelmed this year. And with all of these changes, we really need to make sure that our students are really taken care of and that we really feel the pressure that to so that we really kind of have that pressure of just doing all of the things in order to make it happen. We that's kind of our focus. That's where we need to be focusing on this year. So I know for me, I'm going to try, I'm trying out different procedures and I'm trying to think, okay, well, you know, where's my desk going to end up being and how am I going to go about teaching? Because teaching is not going to look the same way that it, I have done it in the past. To be honest, I'm teaching whole group and I haven't taught whole group in four years. And that was when I was in kindergarten. So it's a completely different way for me to go about instruction. And so that's going to be new. And so I can't really try out all of the new things or else I'm going to feel overwhelmed. Um, For those of you that are on distance learning, technology. Technology is the thing that is probably like you're adding so much onto your plate and you're wanting to try all of the things. And you're like, well, I see that they're using this LMS and that they're using these applications and then they're creating these things over here. But when we try to do that, this is kind of how I think of it. 
remember the conferences that you would go to and and maybe you have, or you could even think of it as like a school day where you had like a jam packed school schedule in college and you had all of these different classes that you would end up going to. And so during any given day, you would go to these classes or to a conference and you would just sit and the professor would give you so much information and you'd be sitting there and you would you know, write down all the information as much as you can so that you could remember it. But at the end of the day, after going to about five or six of those classes, your brain just feels fried. And so we have to remember that when we try to load on all of these new things onto our plates, that's how we are feeling deep down. But then we're also going to trickle that down to our students. Yeah, I was about to say, let's talk about another facet of this problem, this mistake that we've made by adding too much on our plate. It's the fact that then we almost try to unload our plate onto other people. And one group would be our students. And we feel, especially now, like we lost all this instructional time in the spring. And now we feel pressure to almost rush and make up for it. So in terms of technology, this might mean we're trying to teach our students, all of the different programs they need to use, how to use the device, how to use the LMS, which is learner management system. We're trying to teach them all these things at once and it ends up becoming too much information for them. And then our students are left feeling overwhelmed, just like we are feeling, and they're no longer motivated to learn. And let's be real, our students are already feeling a ton of pressure and anxiety from everything going on. I think a lot of them don't fully understand it. They're trying their best to, but they have a lot of questions that aren't necessarily getting answered. They're feeling the pressure from their parents and their families because parents are feeling a lot of stress and anxiety right now. They're feeling that then from their teachers and they feel like they're carrying all of this weight and they still have so many questions and like they are feeling overwhelmed just like the rest of us. So we don't need to add to that in any way. We now need to slow down more than ever. And keep in mind, we're all kind of in survival at this point. And even though this has been going on for months, I feel like people kind of had this mindset of, yeah, we're just surviving. We're just trying to get through at the very beginning. And now they're like, well, no, we're no longer surviving. We just need to keep moving forward. But it's like, look, we still have a lot of pressure. And we still have a lot of unanswered questions and we're feeling anxiety. We're still in survival mode. Honestly, I feel like we're going to be in survival mode until this ends. So we need to just slow down and we need to make sure that we're not adding to our plates and that we're not trying to unload those plates onto our students. And this can eventually lead to burnout, right? I mean, not just for us because we're adding so much, but also for our students because we're trying to have these really high expectations of them during a time of just uncertainty. So keep in mind that burnout is a possibility during this time. And so just to kind of help you guys understand the signs of what burnout looks like, this means that you're just not feeling motivated, not wanting to get out of bed in the morning, not really wanting to kind of do anything for for that much. You are just feeling so overwhelmed that now you're just kind of in shutdown mode. You might also be feeling like you really just hate teaching you hate your job. And so now you just don't want to end up doing it because that's the thing that's causing you so much stress. um, And it's leaving you feel as though you just don't have that same enjoyment for it. And then not wanting to go to work. 
I know that when I feel as though I'm the most stressed, that's typically the days that I don't want to go to work. And I'm just like, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to get up out of bed in the morning. I don't want to go out and go to work because I know and I I know or I have a feeling that it's just going to add about five or six more things to my plate. So be careful. Watch for the signs of burnout and acknowledge when you are starting to get close to feeling burnt out, because that means that you really need to start making a change in the day. So now that we've identified this as a mistake, you know, adding too much to our plates, let's talk about what you should do instead, because our whole goal with this podcast is for you to not make the same mistakes that Bridget and I have made. The first thing you need to do, especially now with everything going on, is just remind yourself that this is new for all of us. And even if it seems like someone has it all together and they're doing all the things, they're really not. Either they have people helping them or they are kind of lagging in other areas of their life. They may be killing it on social media and they may look like this top-notch teacher, but they might be ignoring their family or they might not be practicing self-care. So this is new for all of us and we're all trying to figure out this balance, especially with all of the new guidelines and, and restrictions in place. So it's not just you. And honestly, I think just reminding ourselves of that takes off a lot of the pressure. I would also recommend collaborating with other teachers as much as possible. In one of our previous episodes, Bridget and I did a review of the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And the seventh habit was synergy, which is basically the concept of people coming together to create what's more than what they ever could have created individually. So it's the concept of one plus one can actually equal three or four or five. So make sure you're collaborating with other teachers as much as possible. And that doesn't mean like the competition of (laughs) we're going to we're going to join forces so we can do all of the things. It's taking what may seem overwhelming and kind of allowing multiple teachers to work on it all at once. So it's not so much pressure on you. It's really like, hey, as a team, let's try out this new thing. And then as you start to do it together, you come up with new ideas that you wouldn't have come up with by yourself. And you're able to kind of bounce off of each each other's energy in order to create this new thing that's bigger and better than what you would have done by yourself. Another thing you can do is choose one area to focus on. We mentioned this earlier, but choose one area. We mean it, especially this year. Don't try to do all of the things. Pick something like technology if you're somebody who is going to be focusing on distance learning. Parent communication, I think, is going to be a really good one this year for anyone, whether you are in distance learning or in-person learning. Having that communication with families is really, really important. And then also just identifying on your students' well-being. I mean, for me, that's going to be a number one thing while I'm in the classroom because I want to make sure that my students are okay emotionally, socially, physically, all of it, that their well-being is my top priority this year. And start with less and add more. Remember, we can always, always add more to our plates and feel successful, feel as though we are moving the needle forward. But when we try to start with everything and we take things away, it really is just kind of a hurt, a, a hurtful thing to our egos. egos. So start with less and then add as you go. Another thing you can do is really limit how much you're changing in one year or at one time. You don't want to add all the side dishes onto your plate at once. It's more so, let me start by adding one side dish. And then if I can kind of control that, then I can add another side dish. So you're really putting those limitations. It's almost like 
deciding you're going to have one helping before you load up your plate with too much food. Like you're going to have a small helping and then you can go back and have another helping if and when you can handle it. And then finally, practice self-care. I know you all have heard it, not only from us, but you've heard it from other people, but we're telling you again because you need to reflect and decide, am I actually doing self-care? First of all, the way it should be done. And second of all, are you doing it frequently enough that it's helping to reduce that overwhelm? Self-care means different things to different people, but find those activities or those things that you really enjoy. It could be getting exercise. It could be watching Netflix or binge watching your favorite show. It could be taking bubble baths. It could be having time to play with your kids. Find something that you enjoy and make sure that you are practicing it often and you're practicing it in the right way where it's going to help reduce your stress. So guys, those were our two biggest mistakes for back to school. Um, We really hope that you were able to enjoy and kind of have something to take away from this. Maybe you really resonated with some of the things that we were talking about in our mistakes. Um, And we want you to head on over to teachingonthedouble.com. Check out our website, stay up to date to some of the news and updates that we have coming out. And while you're there, go ahead and submit your TSH. We know that things are really, really challenging right now and we wanna hear from you. What's your time sucking hurdle? What's that one thing that's really just sucking up all of your time and keep you keeping you from being the most productive that you wanna be? And make sure to leave us a review over on iTunes. We loved to hear from you. You guys are the best. You leave the best reviews and it really helps us to be able to get into the ears of so many other teachers out there. So until next time, guys, be timely, stay organized and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.